There is almost not enough time in the day in the show to keep track of everything that happened this weekend. Let's start with the incredible scenario, dare I say Kafkaesque, uh, wherein Donald Trump, fresh off of his third indictment, threatens special prosecutor Jack Smith, leading to the Department of Justice to request a protective order in the latest criminal case against the failed, twice impeached, three times indicted, count them up, folks, former president. Where do we begin? Well, let's start with exactly what happened. Donald Trump posting to his own barely alive social media platform, Truth Social, quote, by the way, all caps is engaged. If you go after me, I'm coming after you. Jack Smith and prosecutors at the DOJ keeping a close eye on Donald Trump's public statements, potentially anticipating this insanity. This is a former president threatening those who dare attempt to hold him accountable for the crimes he allegedly committed. And then here is where we end up. DOJ prosecutors request protective order after Trump arraignment, citing social media threats. Uh, Justice Department Special Counsel Jack Smith appealed to the federal judge overseeing Trump's election fraud case Friday evening to issue a protective order for evidence, citing social media threats. If you go after me, I'm coming after you. The former president posted earlier on Truth Social a move that has already drawn criticism with a former spokesperson for Trump calling it, quote, chilling and quote, witness intimidation. Smith argued Trump's case needs a strict order preventing Trump from mentioning details from discovery documents and evidence in public. Smith wrote in this emergency filing, quote, such a restriction is particularly important in this case because the defendant has previously issued public statements on social media regarding witnesses, judges, attorneys and others associated with legal matters pending against him. Trump threatening not just a prosecutor, but anybody who might dare um, uh, uh, participate in any way in helping the wheels of justice grind towards some kind of accountability. Uh, Jack Smith adding in this request, quote, if the defendant were to begin issuing public posts using details or, for example, grand jury transcripts obtained in discovery here, it could have a harmful chilling effect on witnesses or adversely affect the fair administration of justice in this case. Now, by the way, Trump's team saying that this had nothing to do with anything or Jack Smith or any of it uh, putting out a statement. Uh, indicating it had nothing to do with Jack Smith at 1218 a.m. A statement attributed to a Trump spokesperson was posted by Team Trump on social media site X. That's the former Twitter, by the way. They zeded out the following statement. The truth post cited is the definition of political speech and was in response to the rhino China loving dishonest special interest groups and super PACs like the ones funded by the Koch brothers and the club for no growth, arguing that it has nothing to do whatsoever with uh, <laughs> 
with Jack Smith or any of what is going on there. These are not normal times. Now, it's really important to understand the context here because context is everything. This is a failed former president who at every opportunity has tried to obstruct or kneecap investigations to argue while he was president. You can't investigate a sitting president. It would encumber my ability to discharge my duty, presidential duty we're talking about here. Then when Trump was thinking about announcing for 2024, Trump saying, listen, I am a potential candidate for 2024. How are they going to investigate me? How are they going to indict me? They can't do it. It's not fair. Then when Trump announced, by the way, deliberately announcing extremely early in order to be able to say they are indicting a candidate for the presidency. This is, of course, election interference. This was all along a ploy to continue argue, arguing that the circumstances don't lend themselves to an investigation. And now Trump is overtly threatening anyone, Jack Smith, of course, but anyone who dares do what is requested of them by the justice system and saying, I will come after you. What exactly that means, we don't exactly know. But this is going to be a building story in today's program. And by the way, we may be going for a twofer, two in two weeks. Let's talk about yet another forthcoming indictment. This is not a rerun. Do not adjust your television. Do not reboot your podcast player. We are waiting for another Trump indictment, but it's not last week. It's this week. I'm not talking about indictment number three. I'm talking about indictment. Number four, we are talking about Georgia and Fonnie Willis's investigation. You will, of course, remember when Donald Trump said he needs 11,000 votes. Give him a break. I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. Give him a break. Give him a break. Give him Georgia. Give him whatever the hell he wants. That may have been criminal. And we are very quickly learning by the time you listen to today's show, Trump may have already been indicted again. The Gazette reports expected fourth Trump indictment leads to closed roads near Georgia courthouse. Wow. Atlanta's prior street will be closed starting Monday, 5 a.m. because it is, it is it is the nearby road of the Fulton County Courthouse where D.A. Fonnie Willis is expected to file an indictment. I did everything right and they indicted me as recommended by the grand jury. The grand jury has not yet delivered a decision. Again, things are happening so quickly. You may already have heard about this indictment if it is indeed happening today. I, I don't know. We're filming a few hours before it would apparently happen. The road closure will last until August 18th and will include increased security. Of course, the inference, the speculation would be Trump's getting indicted and he will have his first arraignment sometime between today, August 7 and August 18. That's why we have that period of time. It is speculated that Trump could be charged by the grand jury in regard to alleged interference in the 2020 election in the state of Georgia. Then President Donald Trump urged Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to, quote, find the election results in Fulton County, which as Trump claimed was the mother load. Trump is facing various indictments. You know that, of course, should an indictment come from Willis, it would be the former president's fourth. Let's take a look at a recent interview with Fonnie Willis, tight lipped, being very cagey here. 
Take a listen to this. Have you read it? I have reviewed it, yes. Anything surprise you in there? No. Are you coordinating with the special counsel's office at all? I'm not going to comment on our investigation at this time. How much overlap is there between what you're planning to do and what's in the special counsel's investigation or indictment? I mean, obviously, we're concentrating on Georgia um, and things that impacted Georgia. Does that have any bearing on your investigation at all? I'm not sure I understand the question. Mm. Um, does it affect what you're planning to do? No. Okay. So is this happening? We don't know for sure, but probably yes. And we are soon going to be dealing with practice. Put the political aside for a second. Put the ethical aside for a second. Put the moral aside for a second. Put the predictive aside. And by predictive, I mean what might be the end result of these cases. Put all of that stuff aside from a merely practical and logistical perspective. We may soon be dealing. Forget about running for president, a defendant facing four criminal trials simultaneously. This is a lot for a random person. It whatever job you imagine to be cushy and laid back. I'm not going to fill in any particular job podcast host or whatever. Now, if people knew my schedule, but whatever job you imagine to be a cushy laid back job, even if you had that going on in your life, four criminal cases at once will drive you nuts. It will consume your life. Of course, Trump has access to many, many lawyers. But at the same time, Trump is trying to run for president and will be facing already facing three, potentially facing four criminal trials. Could this actually take him off the campaign trail? Listen, uh, court doesn't usually go past five. So certainly if Trump is going to have to be appearing in court and and most of the judges in the cases so far have said in in subsequent uh, pretrial meetings, Trump doesn't have to be there. He can just send his lawyers. It is hypothetically possible that this is going to consume Trump's life from now until who knows when. Whatever it is that will be the logistics of the next 12 to 18 months at minimum, Trump is scared to death and he is melting down. And that is what I want to talk about next. Yesterday, the failed former president, the guy who's been impeached twice and indicted three times, maybe soon to be four had a completely deranged and pathetic morning meltdown. And you can tell he is scared to death. Now, over the next day or two, it takes a long time to unpack this stuff. And we've got to get to Pence and we've got to get to Bill Barr. And there's so much here. But I want to give you a 30,000 foot view of the deranged, scaredy cat meltdown that Donald Trump had this morning. Trump posting to his platform Truth Social, quote, I purposely didn't comment on Nancy Pelosi's very weird story concerning her husband, but now I can because she said something about me with glee that was really quite vicious. I saw a scared puppy, she said, as she watched me on television, like millions of others that didn't see that. I wasn't scared. Nevertheless, how mean a thing to say. She is a wicked witch whose husband's journey from hell starts and finishes with her. She is a sick and demented psycho who will someday live in hell. I don't think Trump believes in hell, but it is absolutely stunning that the guy who is supposedly the alpha male, the big, strong man where everyone else cries in his presence, but never him. He's going around saying Nancy Pelosi was mean to me. An 80 something year old woman was mean to me. 
on my indictment day. Give me a break, guys. Give me a break. Trump then engaging caps lock and continuing, quote, no way I can get a fair trial or even close to a fair trial in Washington, D.C. There are many reasons for this, but just one is that I am calling for a federal takeover of this filthy and crime ridden embarrassment to our nation where murders have just shattered the all time record. Other violent crimes have never seen worse and tourists have fled. The federal takeover is very unpopular with potential area jurors, but necessary for safety, greatness and for all the world to see. Trump is arguing for a change of venue and his lawyer wants to send his case to West Virginia. We'll get to that, but that's what this post relates to. Trump continuing with caps lock still strongly engaged, quote, deranged Jack Smith and our highly partisan and very corrupt Department of Injustice could have brought this Biden opponent case years ago, but chose to wait and bring it right in the middle of my election campaign. No way. I hope you're watching America. Our country is being destroyed. Make America great again. And then again, Trump focusing on the change of venue, trothing, quote, there is no way I can get a fair trial with the judge assigned to the ridiculous freedom of speech fair elections case. Everybody knows this, and so does she. We will be immediately asking for recusal of this judge on very powerful grounds. Yeah, she's not white and she is an Obama appointee. And likewise, for venue change out if DC, he means out of DC, DC. They want to move this case from DC to West Virginia. Later in the show, maybe tomorrow, if I don't get to it, I will have video for you of Trump's lawyer saying we need to bring the case somewhere more diverse like West Virginia. West Virginia happens to be 92 percent white. They mean a different kind of diversity. And by the way, they don't really mean diversity. They mean a state that is very Trumpy. That's what they now want. They are saying it openly. This is a meltdown from a scared person. You wouldn't think if I just showed you the text and absent any context, would you guess it's a nearly 80 year old former president writing these things with all capital letters, grammar and spelling errors up the wazoo? Maybe now you would. Six years ago, none of us would have ever guessed that. But that is where we are. After the break, Mike Pence is now admitting to the entire thing, the entire thing. And yet MAGA is yelling at Pence in a parking lot. We'll we will have more from all aspects of the 2024 Republican primary. We will be in South Carolina. We will be in Iowa. Stay with us. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Everybody loves a good bowl of instant ramen every once in a while. Hard to beat the convenience, usually not the healthiest option. The taste is often very so so. But that's only because you haven't tried Imi, which is a different kind of ramen. Our sponsor Imi makes ramen noodles you can actually feel good about. Low carb, only five net carbs, 18 grams of fiber for digestive and gut health, 22 grams of protein. So you're satisfied and fueled, which is not how you often feel after traditional instant ramen. The best part is it just tastes really great. The texture and the flavor are just like the ramen you're used to in the Japanese restaurants. It comes in six delicious flavors, all vegan, creamy chicken, spicy red miso, spicy beef. 
Immy is an awesome alternative when you need a quick snack. It'll keep you from reaching for the junk food. It's as easy as any instant ramen. You just pop it in the microwave. Go to immyeats.com slash Pacman and use code Pacman for five dollars off. That's I M M I eats.com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for five dollars off. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. It's summertime. It's hot. You're sweating. And unfortunately for many of us, it means sticking and readjusting when you wear traditional underwear. It is an ugly thing, but there is a solution. Fortunately, our sponsor sheath is the ergonomically designed underwear with a pouch in the front that will keep everything separate and comfortable. Sheath underwear makes sure you stay dry and cool and the chafing. Everything can breathe and stay fresh and keep you comfortable. They've got a bunch of different designs, something for everybody. The quality is great, super long lasting. I've had mine for years. I love them year round, but if it's hot and humid, then it is a must. Their airflow mesh series can be particularly effective in the heat. I know you're going to love sheath also. You really just have to try it for yourself to really understand the difference. And my audience gets 20% off. Go to sheathunderwear.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. That's S H E A T H underwear.com slash Pacman and use code Pacman for 20% off. The info is in the podcast notes. One of the things that we'll be talking about on tomorrow's program is the incredibly, you could call it awkward, you could call it delightful, you could call it devastating. You can really apply a number of different, different adjectives to it. But tomorrow we will be talking about the reality that some of the most devastating witnesses against Donald Trump in the variety of criminal trials that he's facing, but in particular with regard to the second federal indictment related to trying to disenfranchise voters and steal the election from Joe Biden. Some of the most powerful witnesses against Trump in that case could be the people closest to Trump, William Barr, Mark Meadows. We'll talk about that, but also on the list of people who might destroy Trump at his criminal trials is Mike Pence. Mike Pence is now admitting to the entire thing. And by that, I mean, Mike Pence is admitting Number one, that he took notes about what he was asked to do around January 6th. It's not just his recollection. He took detailed notes. But most importantly, that 
Trump and the people around him were not merely asking Pence to temporarily pause the acceptance of the electoral votes of the 50 states, but he was being asked to reject those electoral votes outright. Here is Mike Pence joining uh, CNN's Dana Bash. He was in Manchester, New Hampshire at the time, gave quite an interview. As you all know, I don't think very highly of Mike Pence. I don't in any way. But in this particular context, he has no reason to lie about these details. And here he is saying they weren't telling me pause the counting of the electoral votes, reject the electoral votes. Full stop. Here he is explaining it to Dana Bash. I'm sure you've heard the former president's lawyers saying that he, quote, ultimately asked only that you pause in counting the electoral ballots. I just mm. want to be clear. Did the former president ask you to pause or did he at any point ask you to overturn the election and keep him as president? Well, you can you can look at the tweets and public statements the president made all the way up uh, uh, to the night before in the morning of look what uh, what the president uh, was convinced it seemed to me in December was that I had some right to reject or return electoral votes, even though no pre vice president in American history had ever asserted that right, and and no vice president or any one person should ever have the right to choose the American president. The presidency right. belongs to the American people and the American people alone. True. Uh, but look, in the in the days before, the president was talking about us rejecting votes. Uh, then late in the process. Uh, his lawyer suggested that we return votes to the states. Uh, but frankly, and this is the key line here. The day before January 6th, if memory serves, they they came back, his lawyers did, and said, we want you to reject votes outright. This, this, They were asking me to overturn the election. I had no right to overturn the election. Uh, I know we did our duty that day, and uh, I couldn't be more encouraged, whether it's here in New Hampshire, in Iowa, or all across the country, uh, how many people come up to me and express their appreciation for they come up to me with tears in their eyes. No, listen, um, <laughs> this is it's it's difficult to imagine a more serious allegation against a, a then sitting president and his lawyers and his crony of inner circles. This entire statement from Pence, which is not unique to Pence. It's great that he's corroborating it, but this is not a unique story to Mike Pence. We've heard this story many times from different people. The idea was here to just take the election. This goes to unindicted co-conspirators. This goes to a multi-state conspiracy to do this. These were not. And eh, maybe this is something we could do. I don't know. You know, let whoever figure it out. This was a concerted and coordinated effort. Now, this is again one of those situations where then we say, oh, cool. OK, so Mike Pence is telling the truth about that. And it's arguably one of the most devastating things you could ever learn that a president was trying to do, which is to decide that even though he lost, he gets to be president. So certainly Mike Pence, that's it. He's never you know, he, he would not support Trump uh, if he were the nominee. Right. No moments after saying this to Dana Bash. Mike Pence will not rule out supporting Trump in 2024.
You have said before, you said again just a few minutes ago, that anyone who puts himself over the Constitution should never be president. If he is the nominee, could you support him? Well, well, Dana, you, you know, you guys like to talk about the polls on CNN a lot. Everybody does. But look, it's awful early here. I mean, we're still about six months away from so that's uh, not from a no. Iowa and then right after that, New Hampshire. And I, I got to tell you, I, I really do believe that there's a there's a lot of Republicans that know we not only need new leadership in the White House, but we need new <laughs> leadership in the Republican Party. So eager to answer the question, isn't he? We can't endure four more years of the failed and feckless leadership of President Joe Biden and the Democrats in the Senate. We, we've got to turn this thing around. And everywhere I go, more and more people are coming up. More, more people are understanding, I think, the stand that we took that day. Oh, yeah. Uh, and even the minority of Republicans that have had a different view of what I did that day have been coming up to me and so expressing does that mean you can rule appreciation out? for which I'm humbled. But I got to tell you, everywhere I go, people are telling me, thank you for talking about the issues we're dealing with <laughs> uh, and not what the media is talking about any given day of the week. You, you can say right here that you will rule out voting for... Donald Trump again for well now Dan I didn't say that president <laughs> Dan I will tell you I, I I don't think we'll have to make that decision uh, I'm, what if you do what a loser that's not the question confident I'll be able to support the Republican nominee especially if it's me but I will tell you <laughs> I will tell you I'm confident as they've done so many times before Republican primary voters uh, are going to choose new leadership for a new time in the life of our so Mike Pence much like William Barr, after making some of the most devastating and uniquely disqualifying declarations about Donald Trump, will not rule out voting for him. And this goes to we can appreciate it when they tell the truth. We can appreciate it when they come clean. We can appreciate it when, like Chris Christie has, he says, hey, you know what? I got bamboozled. OK, fine. You got bamboozled. But also you were sort of grifting. That's all fine. OK, but then he says this. You really think that Biden is worse than these the unique threat to the democracy that is the United States that you have identified Donald Trump to be? And you might still consider supporting Donald Trump or at least you can't rule it out. Give me a break. There are other ways you could answer this question. There are other ways you could answer this question, but this is just cowardly. And by the way, lots of MAGA people are realizing the Pence grift or whatever you want to call it. And now he's getting yelled at by MAGA in a parking lot. Let's talk about that next. Uh, former President Mike Pence, who is uh, for in his own right running for the uh, 2024 Republican nomination for presidency, not only against Donald Trump, but against a number of other Republicans, was called a traitor by MAGA people in a parking lot. And he started yelling back back at them. Hey, I upheld the Constitution. Go and read it. This is really a reminder of the monster that they created getting completely out of control, even if Pence was not MAGA personified in the way that Donald Trump was. Pence was still there. Pence still stood behind it. Pence still went along until January 6th, two weeks before he was scheduled to leave office. And what this has now led to is MAGA people on January 6th saying, hang Mike Pence. We've talked about that extensively at this point in time. And over the weekend, tracking down Mike Pence in a parking lot 
and yelling at him and Pence reacting and yelling back. Take a listen to this. The audio isn't like absolutely perfect, but we should be, be able to make out what's going on. All right. So listen, uh, this is the monster that Mike Pence helped to create. And I checked out some polling to see, like, what is the okay, fine. There's individual MAGA people who hate Pence and are furious with Pence and want Pence dead. Fine. That's MAGA. Okay. What is the bigger picture in terms of pub public opinion about Mike Pence and the Republican Party? There's a relatively new New York Times Siena poll, which finds that Pence is viewed favorably by 44 percent of likely Republican primary voters. OK, so 44 percent of Republican primary voters view Pence favorably. Seventy six percent view Trump favorably. Sixty six percent view DeSantis favorably. Republicans don't love Mike Pence. We see that in the polling data, Pence polling about 4%. Interestingly, 44% of likely primary voters view Pence favorably, but only 4% are actually planning to support him. So the vast majority of the Republicans that do have a positive opinion of Pence still plan to vote for someone else. Pence's campaign was dead on arrival from day one. It doesn't make any uh, 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 logical sense that Pence could win this primary, because on the one hand, if you like Trump, you would vote for Trump. And if you don't like Trump, you would probably want someone with more distance from Trump than his own former vice president. The only argument that is sometimes made to say, how could Pence win this thing? Because if you like Trump, you vote Trump. If you don't like Trump, you vote for somebody else. The argument that I've heard is if you liked Trump policy, but you think either because of Trump's indictments or his personality or his temperament, he's not suited to the presidency. It would be logical to say, well, let's go with the less scandalous MAGA guy, which is Pence. But the reality is that Pence isn't really MAGA. At this point, it's pretty damn clear that he is not MAGA by any stretch of the imagination. So Pence's campaign was DOA. But it is interesting the level of, uh, of hostility and animosity that Pence is facing from MAGA people on the campaign trail. They genuinely seem to hate this guy. After the break, we are going to see a couple of the uh, most interesting speeches from candidates over the weekend. We are going to talk about, man, it, what's going on with Joe Rogan has gotten really disappointing. I'm going to talk about it and so much more. Stay with us. So much is happening. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Maybe follow us on TikTok or follow me on threads. And remember that the children's book on critical thinking approaching 10,000 copies sold is available at davidpackmancom slash book. Check it out. We are constantly seeing data breaches in the news. It never ends. Verizon had a breach this year, exposing millions of users data. T-Mobile had two big breaches this year, exposing the personal data of 37 million people. It's a disaster. These companies have a record of everything you do online. And after these breaches, almost anyone can access your data. The real solution 
is don't let the company see what you're doing in the first place. And that's why I use private Internet access keeps my data hidden from my Internet service providers, from hackers, from others. I can use it on all of my devices with one account. Most VPNs log your Internet activity. Private Internet access is the only VPN to prove multiple times in court that they don't. This makes them unique. Works with all major streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon to access content not normally available in your country. Private Internet access is giving my audience a huge 83 percent discount. You can subscribe for two oh three a month and get four extra months for free. Go to piavpn.com slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. In the 48 hours after his third arrest and arraignment, the failed former president, Donald Trump, gave two completely deranged speeches. The first was in Montgomery, Alabama. The second was in Columbia, South Carolina. We're going to look at both. First and foremost, in the speech he first gave after the third indictment, Donald Trump again went to this ridiculous lie, which serves not only his ego, but his desire to grift money for lawyers, which is when they indicted me, they really indicted all of you because I'm being indicted for you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Lee Greenwood. Never forget our enemies want to stop us because we are the ones and the only ones that are able to stop them. Yeah. And of course, it continues to be extremely jarring when Trump goes from ranting to reading the teleprompter. But he continues to say this. They're indicting all of you when they indict me. So give me money so I can pay my lawyers instead of using my supposed billions of dollars. At the same time that Trump is complaining about the indictments and obviously scared to death about the indictments, which I will get to, he also is claiming the indictments are great for him. He's simultaneously furious but happy and actually says, if I get one more indictment, I'm going to win the win the election. And then they filed them all, every one of them, all at essentially one time, including local DAs and AGs and even other cases right in the middle of the campaign where we're leading by so much. And it's not going to make any impact because every time they file an indictment, we go way up in the polls. We need one more indictment to close out this election. <laughs> well, he may just get it by the time you listen to this today. He may already have been indicted a fourth time. And again, it's talking out of both sides of his mouth. The indictments are terrible, unfair. It's election interference. They're trying to hurt me. They're trying to hurt you. And the indictments are great. And the more they indict, the better the polls do. Now, the truth of it is, after Trump's first indictment, his polls went up. But from subsequent indictments, his polls have basically been steady. He is winning with around 55 percent support in the Republican primary. Uh, Trump continuing with this entire story and uh, talking about how in terms of the debate, which we still don't know, will Trump debate, won't Trump debate? Trump actually says you don't want to end up being a fool when it comes to these debates. Election is closed out. Nobody has even a chance. We've already defeated the Republicans. There are two and three and one. You know, they all want me to go, Kay, onto the debate stage. Right. And I say, well, if we're at 71 and they're at zero, one, two. Now, remember, Trump's at 54, not 71, but he's winning for sure. Three, some of them are at 
four or five. I don't know. Does it really make a lot of sense? It doesn't really. I love to debate, but you know, sometimes you don't want to be a fool. You want a smart president. You don't want a stupid president. There you go. True. True. But you know, the radical left, what they say is, oh, we want Trump. That's only because we're leading in the polls, because they're a party of disinformation, misinformation, a big party of disinformation. The person they don't want is Trump. We beat them by so much last time. We beat them with crooked Hillary. They've never recovered from that. That's why. They- All right. So you get the point. Trump laying the groundwork not to debate. We reported last week that Fox executives met with Trump, had dinner. They they want him to debate, certainly because it would be better for ratings. As I've said before, I want to see all of the candidates on the debate stage. We'll be covering that debate either way. Trump then lying. The theme is every he's lying about everything. That's the theme. Trump then lying, of course, about the nature of the charges against him and mentioning something about Hillary Clinton at three in the morning. Who the hell knows? So I spoke much differently prior to that happening. And when it actually first happened, I said, no, I don't believe that. That can't be, especially these bogus charges. Right. Presidential Records Act. I come under the Presidential Records Act. Remember, this is you might have forgotten because Trump lies about every indictment. This is the lie. Now, Trump about the latest indictment. Trump tells the lie that they're going after him for his speech, even though it says in page one of the indictment, Trump can actually say whatever he wants about the election. He can even lie that he won when he didn't. They're not going after Trump for speech. This lie was when Trump was claiming that there was nothing criminal with regard to the classified documents case because it's all under the Presidential Records Act. Of course, when Trump obstructed the investigation and he was no longer president, it stopped being an issue of the Presidential Records Act. Challenging an election. I mean, if you challenge an election, Hillary Clinton has been challenging, even though at three o'clock in the morning she said you won. But then she went back to challenging it to this day. Stacey Abrams challenges it. Many Many congressmen have challenged it over the years. Many senators have Ah, challenged. So he's saying he just questioned the results just like other people have. Of course, other people did not try to assemble slates of fake electors or call and try to strong arm officials by asking for votes or strong arm your own vice president to do something completely unconstitutional. There's a bit of a difference there. And interestingly, during this speech, Trump turned his ire to other Republicans. Trump, this is a theme we've been following for a couple of weeks, really months now, but especially the last 10 days. Trump is increasingly mad that other Republicans aren't running interference for him to try to somehow help him with the, with regard to these indictments. And the Republicans better get tough and they better get smart because most of them look like a bunch of weak jerks right now. And you got to get tough and smart and you have to fight fire with fire. You can't allow this to go on. And speaking of fighting fire with fire, as Trump sees it, Trump then admitting that if he does become president again, he will do the very thing he is accusing Joe Biden of doing falsely, which is Trump says he will put in a special prosecutor and direct the special prosecutor to investigate the so-called Biden crime family. Trump insists that this everything that's going on with Trump's legal problems is a result of something Joe Biden did. It's not. But Trump is admitting if you make me president, I will do the thing I claim Biden is doing. These people are corrupt. 
From the first day in office, I will appoint a special prosecutor to study each and every one of the many claims being brought forth by Congress <laughs> concerning all of the crooked acts, including bribes from China and many other foreign countries that go into the coffers. Wow. And go straight into the coffers of the Biden crime family. It is a crime family. He's a corrupt, corrupt person. Remember, as of yet, there is no such evidence of that. It's often said that Republicans don't fight hard enough, and I agree with that. We need more fighters like Tommy and others. We have some good fighters, but we don't have enough of them. We have some bad ones, too. But they never said that about Trump. And All right. So that is what Trump will do on day one. And then lastly, Donald Trump turning his attention to special prosecutor Jack Smith, as he typically does, insulting him, attacking him. Despite the demented prosecution of our movement by our corrupt and highly partisan Department of Injustice and deranged Jack Smith. Doesn't he look deranged? You see the picture with the purple robe. He's a deranged human being. Mm. We're getting stronger by the day. Somebody said you should treat him nicer. Maybe he'd be nice. Let me tell you, this guy is a lost soul. Bad guy. Don't get nicer. He's a deranged, sick person. Think of what we already achieved in this incredible four years, and we had to go through Russia, Russia, Russia. We had to go through the Mueller report, which after two and a half years said no collusion, right? No collusion, it said, with Russia. We had to go through all those phony FISA things. Okay, so Trump attacking everybody's everybody's wrong and everybody's bad other than him, of course. So that was Trump in Montgomery, Alabama, the day after his third indictment making very little sense, an angry Trump. However, 24 more hours later, Trump shifted scene from Alabama to South Carolina, and it was a dramatically different situation. In Trump's second speech after his third indictment, where he went to Columbia, South Carolina, it was a totally different scenario than in Alabama. In South Carolina, Trump was extremely sweaty extremely scared and going back to his nonsensical rants, including about indoor plumbing. I'm not kidding. Trump went back to it. Indoor plumbing and water pressure. The guy is facing three soon to be four criminal indictments, and he's talking to us about water pressure. So, you know, little things like your sink, you know, you buy a sink. And no water comes out right. because they have regulators on the water. Even if you're in a state where water comes out of heaven all day long, doesn't make any difference. Uh, when you take a shower, I like to have, you know, I have this gorgeous head of hair. I like <laughs> when I take a shower, I want water to pour down on me. When you go into these new homes with showers, the water drips down slowly, slowly. You have suds, beautiful, nice, wonderful suds, a lot of money, Procter and Gamble, all that crap that they sell, say is good. Probably cost them, cost them about two cents and they sell it for $10. But you can't, it, it takes you 10 minutes to wash your hair. You know what you do? You just stay in the shower about 10 times longer than you would have. It's the same. You probably use more water. Now, I, I'm now wondering whether the reason for Trump's returning to an obsession with water pressure 
is he is worried that prison showers are simply not going to give him the water pressure that he needs. I don't know. But of course, this is bizarre. Still obsessed with water pressure. And remember that all of his lies related to plumbing and heating and cooling, none of them have come true. It's a crazy thing that this happened. But remember when in the 2020 campaign, Trump said, if Joe Biden wins, you won't have air conditioning. If Joe Biden wins, you won't have indoor cool indoor heating. If Joe Biden wins, you won't have energy. If Joe Biden wins, you'll have to flush your toilet 10 to 15 times. The dishwasher will have to be run multiple times. Your shower is just going to drip very quietly, obsessed with the strangest things. And this guy is scared to death now going on to prosecutor Jack Smith and saying that he is mentally ill as if Trump should speak is put forth by the Biden sham. We call it a sham indictment. And, the, you know, the man that's doing it, I really believe he's uh, mentally ill. Sure. But this these are outrageous and it is an outrageous criminalization of political speech. They're trying to make it illegal to question the results of an election. That is a lie. And this gets back to trying to fight this case in the court of public opinion. Trump, his lawyers, spokespeople, MAGA people, some Republicans are saying this third indictment of Trump, the second federal indictment, is a danger, dangerous criminalization of speech. It's merely Trump saying, I believe I won. In the third paragraph of the indictment, it says very clearly this is not an indictment over what Trump said. Not only this is the indictment, not only does Trump have the right to speak about the election. He has the right to lie about the election. Trump can say I won. But once you actually start taking actions to disenfranchise voters, bogus slates of electors, pressuring public officials, the entire thing, that's when it allegedly and arguably becomes criminal. But Trump doesn't care. It's the one argument he has. So he's going to repeat it. Last clip here. Here is Trump seriously confused, seriously low energy and seriously soaking wet when it comes to the actual legal process taking place. Sick. What's going on? Have you ever seen anything like what's going on? I mean, I never heard the word indictment. Then all of a sudden, over a period of a couple of weeks, you get four indictments. They do this to try and win an election. Nobody ever thought it was possible. It's done in third world countries. It's not done in this country. And as Henry said, those indictments aren't worth the paper they're written on. They're not worth. They took away free speech. They did not take away free speech. I mean, in one case, you have the Presidential Records Act. I'm allowed to do whatever you got to read it. The Presidential Records Act is not the governing law when it comes to the first federal indictment. I read it to people. As soon as you read it, they say, oh, I have no idea. They didn't know that. But in the other case, it's free speech. This means that we cannot ever criticize or look after election. Once that happens, you have tyranny. We can't look at elections. We cannot criticize. Well, Hillary Clinton criticized and whatever well, Clinton did, as he continues to say Hillary's last name, it is in the indictment that Trump is not being prosecuted for talking about the election. Whether he believed he won or not does not matter because he has the right to lie about the election. I saw an analogy that was very good, which is you can claim 
to have a million dollars in your bank account, even if you only have a hundred dollars. You can even call the bank and say, I believe I do have a million dollars. And then they would say, sir, no, you don't or whatever. But once you go to the bank and attempt to force them to give you the million dollars you don't have, that's when it becomes criminal. And that's what we're talking about here. This guy hypothetically could end up getting himself jailed even before the trials. If he continues with some of these threats and attacks, not likely to happen, but a couple of op ads suggesting it could. And what is stunning is that there are still people supporting the guy, still people running interference. Sadly, one of those people is podcaster Joe Rogan. And we're going to talk about that after the break. Anxiety and depression are mental health challenges that affect millions of Americans. Thirty two percent of American adults have reported symptoms of anxiety or depression, but finding the right treatment can be tough. You might have tried things already, might have not been enough, might have not been the right fit. Maybe medications you tried had side effects you didn't like. There is an alternative treatment for anxiety and depression that's shown promising results for many, and that's ketamine therapy. Our sponsor, Mindbloom, is a leading provider of at home ketamine therapy. They have a team of licensed doctors and therapists who guide you through the process. Ketamine therapy is based on scientific research that shows it's generally safe and well tolerated without many of the side effects of some other traditional medications. Eighty nine percent of Mindbloom patients report improvements in anxiety or depression after just two sessions. And Mindbloom has a special offer for my audience. You can get $100 off your first six session program by going to mindbloom.com slash Pacman and using the code Pacman. That's M I N D B L O O M dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for $100 off. The info is in the podcast notes. It continues to be a disappointment to see the direction that podcaster Joe Rogan is going in. I continue to say that this is not about any kind of like personal beef with Joe Rogan. As you know, I've been on his show twice. If he wanted me on again, I would be back on any time. I would present him with every one of my concerns and critiques, and I'm sure we'd have a fine discussion about it. But some of this stuff just seems not good. And the problem is a lot of the guests just kind of go with it and foment these beliefs. Here are a couple of clips from Rogan's recent interview with Patrick Bet David on whose program I've also appeared. And Rogan says that the indictments of Trump are turning the country into a, quote, banana republic. This is a very disappointing direction to see Joe go in. Let's listen. Yeah. And the people that, that love Trump, they feel like this is a witch hunt. And they feel like all the things he's getting indicted for are bullshit anyway. It does, it, not only does it not work, but it kind of hardens their position mm -hmm. that he's being targeted. And that this is these are like the, the actions of a banana republic. And remember, with all of this language, he's being targeted. There's a difference between being unfairly targeted for no reason or because people don't like you versus he has become a target because of the apparently rampant criminal wrongdoing. These are two different things. You take your political rival and you arrest him and specifically you charge him with things that you're 
fucking guilty of. Like the 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 documents, like the classified documents, Biden's guilty of the exact same issue. Of course, he's not. And listen, I've been saying since day one, investigate Joe Biden. If you find crimes, present them to a grand jury. If the grand jury says he looks like he did it, go ahead and indict Joe Biden. But there is no way to compare Joe Biden's lawyer finding a few documents and immediately contacting the authorities and cooperating completely versus a concerted and deliberate effort by Donald Trump to take documents, to keep them, to obstruct directing lawyers to lie. There is no comparison. And Patrick Bet David could have mentioned this to Joe Rogan if he knows it. But the environment foments this stuff from Rogan. You, you got to respect the a level of deceptiveness that's been used. I mean, you look at what Hillary did going and saying, hey, it's Russia, but it was really, you know, what she was doing. And now they're using a similar play as well. How much election fraud do you think is real? Here we go, Joe. You want to go to election fraud? Yeah, because I don't think it's zero. No, it's no not way. zero. I think we could all agree it's not no zero. No way it's not zero. And we know yeah. that these voting machines can be fed with. Yeah. And we know <laughs> yeah. that there's some irregularities. Uh, all that that Carrie Lake stuff in mm -hmm. Arizona yeah. that they're trying to dismiss, it doesn't look like that's invalid. It looks like there's real fraud there. It looks completely invalid. It looks completely invalid. And again, I don't know if Joe doesn't know. I don't know if PBD doesn't know or doesn't care to mention it. The Carrie Lake fraud claims are ridiculous. And one red flag is that she lied about it every step of the way. If you have the facts on your side, if you're Carrie Lake and you want to argue, I actually won, not my opponent, you wouldn't have to constantly lie and say the judge awarded us a victory today. Uh, it, it shows there was fraud. And then you go and it's like the judge said that you can call a couple witnesses. That's all that happened. And then it immediately has no merit and is thrown out because it has no merit or all the machines were down indefinitely and nobody could vote. A few tabulators were down in one part of Arizona for a few hours. The Republican Party itself looked into it and said, we don't find the need to sue. We retract our lawsuit because it actually is not a concern. Right. So every it feels like there must be some real fraud. Give me a break, guys. This is this is just not serious. Then we get on to the economic situation. Um, I won't even introduce one. But again, it's it's. Joe Rogan on the U.S. economy, Trump versus Biden. You can't beat that guy. You just can't. When that guy gets out there and he's waving to people and they're going crazy, you're not beating that. There's a f and the fact that he was the president for four years and the country was in a, a, a great economic situation. Yeah. And it looked like his policies were actually effective and that it looked like the unemployment was down. All business mm -hmm. was building. Regulations were being relaxed. More things were getting done. You know, when you look at it from a policy perspective, if you just look at it on paper, what he did was effective. Now, again, if you don't think this stuff through, it will rot your brain. The lowest that unemployment got under Trump was three point five percent. The lowest that it got under Biden was three point four percent. And it remained low under Biden for longer than under Trump. That's the metric he pointed to. Again, if you want to come to me and say, David, the average American is not doing well or inequality or all these different things, have at it, have at. But he cites unemployment. The unemployment numbers are better under Biden. 
stock market peak higher under Biden than Trump wage growth, average and peak higher under Biden than Trump, reaching the sixes under Biden, only reached the fours under Trump. So this is what I'm talking about. It's a lot of it feels like sort of stuff. And I would love to go back and talk to Joe about this stuff and see what he has to say about the actual facts. Now, here's one last clip. Uh, here's Rogan saying uh, no one's going to beat Trump, at least not in the primary, which I agree with unless something crazy happens. No one is going to run against Trump in the Republican side and win because you're not going to get the Trump supporters. They are all in on Trump unless he has a stroke unless something happens. It's horrible. He, they're all in on Trump. You're, you, if you run against Trump, you're yeah. now the enemy of Trump. If I was friends with DeSantis, I'd be like, don't do it. You can't beat that guy. You just can't. When that guy gets out there and he's waving to people and they're going crazy, you're not beating that. All right. So uh, I basically agree with this. On this point, I believe Joe Rogan is right on a lot of this other stuff. It's a lot of feelings and certainly not as many facts as I would like to see. It would be great if there were more voices talking to Joe recently that would maybe fact check some of this stuff in real time. I uh, I would love to see it. It doesn't have to be me. Let's see if it happens. Republicans continue to want to move forward with the impeachment of Joe Biden absent any real evidence of anything impeachable. Here is an example. Republican Congressman Andy Ogles says, especially with the election coming up, we've got to move forward on this impeachment, openly saying that which they accuse Biden of doing. Hey, we've got to interfere with Biden's reelection by impeaching him. I thought the election interference was bad. Maybe not when they do. Uh, but again, this is why we've got to move forward. There's no point in delaying. The evidence is there. Look, Jim Jordan's done a fantastic job. Uh, Comer's done a fantastic job. The evidence is there. They've got the bank accounts. We've got witnesses. Let's go. Let's show the American people what's happening. And keep in mind, the first votes for president are going to be January 15th. I mean, there's just a few months away, and and it's 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 too much of a delay. We've got to move forward. And like I said, I'm ready to pull the trigger on privilege motion. Uh, I think we I hope we're going to see a timeline laid out very quickly in the next few weeks. We got to move forward. If We don't impeach Biden. He might get himself reelected. And why would you impeach him? Well, the Biden crime family and bribery and the big guy and the laptop from hell. And wait a second. Aren't your witnesses missing? Well, yeah, no, but we still believe that the tapes are really good. Do you have the tapes? Well, we're looking for the tapes. Do you have evidence? We claim to we claim to have evidence, but we've really got to do this stuff before Biden gets himself reelected. They are accusing Democrats of politically timed indictments against Trump. Can they link Joe Biden or Democrats to the indictments? No. Can they actually prove that the timing is even the ideal timing to hurt Trump? No, I would argue that it's not. But they certainly agree that it's a very bad thing for Democrats to do. And here they are saying we're going to do the exact same thing to Joe Biden. We are going to time an impeachment against Joe Biden absent any real factual basis on which to impeach him, because next thing you know, it'll be the middle of the election. As usual, projection, projection, projection. We have a voicemail number. You can call it. If you have anything to say to me, you can call it 2192 David P. Here's the get a real job, your show is failing story. I actually love this story. 
And hey, I hate David. it. <clears throat> hey, I just wanted to say, you know, you've been unemployed for a long time. I know. And, you know, you started the podcast, but sort of no one's paying attention. Right. And, you know, you sort of think that, you know, you're somehow worse than other people. I just wanted to call in and let you know, David, you're not worse than other people. Thank I think you're you on an equal plane with other people. You just really need to get a job and get out of your mom's basement in New York City, dude. Um, you know, there's a lot of valuable things you could be contributing to the world, especially, you know, the NBA is going to hold you back a little bit because you're going to be seen as pretentious and arrogant. Yeah. But, you know, um, all right, thanks. Bye. It is possible that despite my pretentious and arrogant MBA, if I finally give up this failing show, I might be able to get a real job. And it, every time I get one of these, I first sort of take a little bit of pleasure in it because I'll be honest, I'm really glad I don't have to go go and get a so-called real job. And by the way, this this show is a ton of work. But what I mean is I have autonomy. I have control over what I want to work on. I have control over my schedule. Last month or a couple months ago, we said, hey, I'd like to spend some time exploring doing a children's book. And we did it. I just I didn't have to check with anybody to do it. So initially it, I get happy. Then I also realize how many people don't have that in their jobs. And we know that uh, it really is a negative influence on a lot of people's mental health, not having autonomy, not having a living wage, all of these different things. So I also I want everybody to have it in, in all seriousness. Um, but to be totally frank, I was talking about this with a friend the other day. At this point, I don't think I could have like a normal job. I've been working for myself for so long and I don't say this as a pat on the back. I say this as like I would be screwed, quite frankly, if I all of a sudden was in a situation where I had a boss who was saying we start at 915. We do. I think I would get fired so quickly. They would it would be like, you know, you're fired within day day two. I think I would maybe make it so I'd better hope I can keep this going. Let's put it that way. We've got a great bonus show for you today. Sign up at joinpacman.com. Thrice indicted is the coupon code. We'll see you then.